0: All right. Well, hey, welcome back to the, the three panelists. Uh, hey, thank you so much for texting in your questions. We've been getting to go through these. Uh, quite a few have come in and, and they're really fun and they're great questions. So we're going to try to answer as many as we can. We're going to shoot to be done by 930. Um, so we'll answer as many as we can. Keep texting in. Uh, we'll, we'll just read them as they pop up and stuff on our screen. So uh, let's start with this one. How do you start a dating relationship during a quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one to start out with. Um, a little a little levity to the situation. Ernie, any ideas? I don't have you're to the start furthest, a relationship. I mean, you're 10 years yeah, married. You're married. You're the furthest from dating. How so. to start
1: a relationship. Well, you get Go a lot of time to talk, you know. Zoom. Walk and talk. Yeah, walk on different sides of the street together. You I'm, know?
0: I'm picturing, like, the scenario where, like, I'm back home and they're back home and we're yeah. trying to start dating.
1: Yeah, I mean, just Zoom. Yeah.
0: Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> Just talk If you can Like yeah. bike rides That like would probably Be a safe thing To do outdoors
2: Zoom well on a bike ride yeah. Zoom Oh you yeah. can put
0: Like a little <laughs> Get like, a them on a the tablet or, And carry it around Get your like, basket Show On your, your bike yeah. yeah
2: Candlelight Dinner over zoom So many <laughs> things over zoom Zoom it mm-hmm. So to seriously answer it
0: I think <laughs> you just acknowledge Like hey like Let's not put too much stock In these FaceTime dates And once we get back together Let's go on a date But yeah. in the meantime Let's call each other A couple times Um, Okay, easy. Can online dating be God honoring? Ernie, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think it really matters about the kind of website that you're on and your intentions going into it. And I I think you have to have some good wisdom about where you're at because just because of your intentions doesn't mean that there aren't people on that website with different intentions. So, uh, yes, I absolutely think that it can be God honoring. I know several couples that met online and have great marriages and great families. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think God's, you know, given us technology and we take advantage of medical technology. We take advantage of all sorts of technology for, you know, it's like, yeah, I think this is something to apply biblical wisdom to. But, um, okay. Let's go. We haven't talked. uh, Ernie, you brought up uh, touch, which that was great. Commitment Mm -hmm. has to be you know, touch can't go past commitment, but we talk a lot about physical boundaries, but what about spiritual boundaries? So we can speak uh, a little to the physical boundaries, but then on the flip side of that question, what about spiritual boundaries? So I'll take the physical boundaries part. Ernie presented that well. Um, The why behind why God has uh, uh, kept sexual experience in the context of marriage is because of that commitment piece. Um, It it just, it's such a vulnerable place to be physically that it, it requires, like, for the emotional safety of the person and for the full enjoyment of that experience, the commitment of marriage, of standing in front of people publicly and saying, I'm going to be married to this person the rest of my life. That creates a context of such deep trust and commitment that that's where sexual experience flourishes. So... Physical boundaries, often the question is, hey, how far is too far? I think uh, acts of affection, touch that communicates affection for the the dating, and your, your, say your dating relationship, are okay. Um, what that is, is it's probably like, you know, some kissing, hand-holding, hugging, cuddling, those things are probably... Um, Fine in general, but you also need to be sensitive to your own conscious. Uh, where it begins to cross the, the lines, and Ernie gave me a great word this week, was uh, when it transitions to acts of arousal. So, our f- physically, when we begin uh, kissing and engaging in physical activity, it's preparing us for a sexual experience. And so once that physical touch begins to arouse and prepare us for the experience of sexual experience, that's probably when the boundaries need to go up. Um, So there's probably, you know, there might be some form of extended kissing, like some sort of making out that, is more or less okay. Um, But there's also definitely forms of making out that probably begin that arousal process very quickly. And so probably somewhere in in there um, is where you'd want to begin shutting that down. So that's physical boundaries. How do we think about spiritual boundaries? Laura, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I would just be careful. Um to not make your significant other the main source of spiritual growth in your life. So it's great to pray together, to read the Bible together, to talk about things you're learning about God's word. But if that's the only interaction they have during the week about things they're learning or or the only time they're open their Bible, that's where I would, that would be red flags. Um, so, so be aware of like, are there other men for my boyfriend in their life that they have speaking into them women for for a girlfriend do they have other closer believing friends that they would confess sin to um some sin you don't need to confess to a significant other right away some of those deeper things it'd be better to go to a to a girls connection group, a guys connection group to talk about some deeper things before going right away to a significant other to confess those things. Um, so making sure they have circles and community that they are um, walking with the Lord together and outside of just you.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're mind, body, and spirit kind of person. And when you're at a spiritual tent with somebody, you want to be at an emotional, physical tent with them. Like that's just going to pull it up. And it's just don't put yourself in a place that you're going to be actually causing more temptation and you're kind of entering into something that's actually holy and meant aside for a married couple. That is one as scripture talks about to enter in those things in that, that kind of way. So definitely I think that's kind of that guarding your heart thing that my buddy couldn't figure out. It's just like, don't put yourself in a place where you're, you're, you're arousing passion before it's time for that. So.
0: Yeah, that's good.
2: And the boyfriend does not need to be the, leader yet. The husband is yeah. called to lead. The boyfriend is not yes. necessarily, mm-hmm. um, Pace not setter. not supposed to be not a leader. Yeah.
1: Paysetter and the way that he runs after Jesus, it should inspire you to run after Jesus stronger, but it's not his yeah. job to lead you spiritually. Yeah.
0: We actually had a question about that of what is the role of the guy in a dating relationship? Does he lead spiritually or anything like that? And it's like your leadership role in a dating relationship is to be a man of character and to date in a way that honors her and God. The spiritual authority in her life is her father and the elders of her local church um, and the women that God has placed in her life to lead her. Um, And women, your role in a dating relationship is to be a woman of integrity and to date him in a way that honors God and honors, uh, him. And so, and to, for both of you to be encouraging each other to grow in your relationship with Christ. So, um, how about this one? There's kind of two that are similar. When does engagement come in? The other one that's similar is how long should you date before getting married? Is there anything that is prescriptive of, man, you can't get married until this? Ernie, what do you think? Uh,
1: well, I think that you should get married when you can like when you love someone enough that you want to and you have affirmation around people around you that, yeah we see this is a good thing it's always good when you make life decisions to have affirmation from people that you trust and and who trust and love you trust and love and that they trust and love you and and uh and so yeah you want to get married when it's when you can and when you're ready to take on that responsibility whatever that responsibility may be so that, that's how I would look at that
2: yeah without putting like Definitions time wise on it. um, I think it's helpful to see people in different seasons or different, um, like date somebody through a summer. So you see if they're really on it with school and things like that in the year, maybe in the summer they become really lazy. So so see different things about their life. Um, if you didn't know them for more than a couple weeks before you started dating, it's especially important, I think, to, to see not just them putting their best foot forward, but um, what do they look like in different contexts of life? Have you guys had an argument together? Have you walked through just challenging times together? So I think there's, you want to be able to see holistically. You can't see everything. You can't know everything, but you want to see enough about a person.
1: Yeah. And some people are doing it quicker than others. Like me and my wife were looking at rings before we started dating. So <laughs> <laughs> what? yeah. Yeah. We went that's, like, uh, before we were like officially dating, we went and looked at and rings. because I didn't
0: even cause... like Natalie on our first date yet. So. Oh really? Yeah. Like, didn't
1: you tell her you love her right? That was. Like, no,
0: um, that was like five weeks later. Oh, but... uh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, we met and we were hanging out and we knew each other. We were in the same circles, went to church and stuff and we reconnected and uh, went on a ski trip, I knew I knew I went to marry her before we even went on our first date. and That is awesome. And we went and looked at rings after our first date. like, And then she went to China for three months. Well, actually, eight months. But I went there for four months into it and proposed to her. And she
0: came back and we got married. Man, why did not so, we just start the dating thing off with, <laughs> go on a ski trip. Yeah. That's like how, if you want, Quarantine just go on a on ski trip. the mountain. Trip. Yes. Yeah. 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 No. That's great. Yeah.
1: So it may be different speeds. Like, and and we've married 10 years, but... That's not everybody. Some people, it's going to take longer. You know, I had friends that dated their person for a year or two, three years. There's no, like, formula or it must be at this point. It's just so it's when you're ready and they're ready and you feel like you're ready to uphold the responsibilities, then do it. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's one that brings, it's, it's a more specific question, but it brings up a great category. Um, so would you advise against dating before I'm completely free from my porn addiction? So that's, that's a great question. It brings up even a broader category of uh, how spiritually prepared should I be before I start pursuing dating relationships? Um, Laura, do you have thoughts on maybe that larger category? And then I can speak to the pornography specifically.
2: Free from sin, should
0: I be? Yeah, just how spiritually mature should I be? Should there be a season where I wait to grow myself before I start dating or pursuing that?
2: Yeah, I definitely think um, there could be something to deciding, you know, I'm not sure if I'm totally ready to be dating somebody right now because I see areas of growth in my life that I want to pursue before I'd be ready for that. So if that is an idolatrous thing for me right now, or yeah, if I'm enslaved to certain areas of sin, yeah, I think there's wisdom to say it would just be best for me and best for a significant other someday if I don't date for a season and grow in my walk with the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and to just, I'm not going to intentionally pursue relationship. I think when, you know, my freshman year of college was somewhat like that. But even in the midst of that, I like, I hadn't, I didn't make like a hard and fast. Like I still had some openness to like, if God were to bring, you know, someone, it's like, I'm not going to be so like white knuckled on this, like Mm -hmm. that I'm going to miss. But I think that's incredibly wise for, for some people, um, specifically on pornography, um, or other sexual sin. Um, the, the reason I think this one gets asked is because it's one that, you know, involves, uh, what seems like a form of romance because it involves, you know, sex, uh, which is why I think it comes to mind of like, man, how free should I be before I date someone? Um, what I would say is there's levels of enslavement to sin. Um, so if you think on this end of the spectrum, I'm, I'm viewing pornography daily, multiple times a day and have no control over this. And it's an addiction, uh, I would say that's going to be a very difficult thing to be in a dating relationship as far as the weight and burden that you feel. It'll be very overwhelming. And actually my advice to you, if you are that entrapped, is to seek help. Seek help. Uh, that is, is The f- struggle with pornography is a very complex struggle that revolves around shame cycles and guilt and it's very enslaving. And it's, if you're at that level, seek help. Um, But then there's other various levels of struggle where uh, if you just think about frequency, if it's like weekly, several times a week, or monthly, or very isolated, um, there's going to be varying levels of how overwhelming that struggle is uh, for you and for them as you come into a dating relationship. So I think when you begin to see significant marks of growth and victory in your dating, fight against pornography, it's probably appropriate um, to date. I would definitely ask spiritual mentors in your life uh, to, to speak into that. Um, but if it's moved to that, like, again, not hard and fast, just wisdom. If it's moved to that, like, monthly, you know, maybe more isolated, more periodic, uh, like, moments of weakness, uh, that's probably beginning to be an appropriate time as you continue to take active steps to kill that sin, Um, So, and I think in the midst of that, like, we all, like, I think another question is just like, man, how do you deal with sexual hurt in the past? Like, as you come into a dating relationship and it's like, man, we all are broken and we all need to show each other grace that there is no sin that we can't be healed by God from and experience forgiveness from God from Um, in the same way we should be able to extend the same levels of grace to people that we're in relationships with. And so I think before you get engaged, it's definitely appropriate to to share at a, a fairly open level um, with the person that you'd want to marry about your sexual past, um, that they would be able to say, yeah, I, I'm aware and know what, what it ha- this person has done before I commit to them in marriage. So.
1: Would you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, too, with the sin thing, like I couldn't encourage you more to really get after and attack that sin and have freedom in your life about it. Because for many many of you, guys or girls out there, uh, you have this lie that you believe that if you could just keep it under wraps enough, if you just, you know, just manage it just enough that once you get married and you can have sex, like then you won't want that anymore. And what you've forgotten is that sin is an apex predator that wants to kill you and destroy you right? And that's what sexual sin is. And that's what masturbation and looking at porn is. It's a perversion of a great gift of sex that God has given us in the context of marriage. We perverted and take it outside of that. And what you will find out when you get married is that sex in a committed marital relationship is completely different than sex outside of it. And it's completely different than masturbating and watching porn, that they are different things. And you will find yourself in a weird position week one into marriage where you are going like still wanting to do that thing. And you thought if I just dealt with it and just mitigated it enough, it wouldn't be an issue anymore. And now you have brought that into your marriage and now you are going to struggle with that. And you're going to have to fight that and that arena, which you thought because in your mind, you're like, Oh, if I just mitigate it, if I just kind of mm-hmm. keep it manageable, you know, then it won't be. Then, like once I can have the real thing, it won't be a problem. And it's like, no, it, it's because con- of the perversion that, of it. And uh, so, yeah, I really encourage you to get after that. And I also want to second what Stephen said about that. Like we can be so judgmental of other people when they've walked out of difficult paths, and it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Now, there's a uh, there's a piece to say to be wise about somebody has a very recent sexual active past. Like, well, you need to understand to hold that intention. You know, can you trust them in the words that they say? Is there is there a track re- record of faithfulness, of growing away from those things, a track record of following Jesus? There's a lot of things that go in there. And, and really, this is hope to start the conversation. We hope there's people in your life that you respect, that you follow, that love the Lord,
0: that you can even di- dive deeper and unpack some of those things with as well. Yeah, and I think the wisdom on the sexual past thing is a good reminder because there are, you know, some you know, sexual past that's like, that actually even should have required counseling to untangle some of the darkness that that person had experienced. So have they handled and dealt with their sexual past in a way that's godly and healthy? So,
1: and are they hiding behind that grace and weakness pretending to be a wounded person? That's actually Mm -hmm. someone that wants to victimize you by saying, oh, I don't know,
0: or that's something in the past, but That's really their goal. You just don't know. So you need to. Yeah. So that's great. Um, This is a longer question, but I love it. It brings up a great thing. So I've grown up being taught that dating is for marriage. And if you wouldn't marry them, then there isn't necessarily a reason to date. So I guess that messes me up because I feel like I have to know if I could marry them before I date them. So I guess I'm wondering, what's the mindset before, during dating in regards to the confidence and the ability to marry them one day? So if you're like most of us and not like Ernie, you do not know that you're <laughs> going to marry them before your first date. <laughs> so here's, here's what I would say. Um, when you think back to those two ditches that I threw out, the no intentionality in dating, but also the idolatry. Um, with the no intentionality in, in dating what I would say with like, do I have to know if I marry him? It's like, well, we want you to be intentional about who and why you date people. But that being said, you don't need to be paralyzed by this, this idea that you have to know that this is gonna make it before you go on a first date. So don't fall into the one ditch that's just is totally casual and no intentionality in your dating hit, like life. On the other end, you, you can go on dates and not know where it's gonna go. And that's what I'm saying is simple about dating. When I said, how do you start dating? It's simple. Go on a date and see if you enjoyed that date with them. You can go on a date, and if, if you enjoy it, great. Go on a second date, go on a third date, and then at some point decide to be boyfriend or girlfriend. If you go on a date and you don't enjoy it, just say, hey, it was great getting to know you, but I, I'm, I'm not interested. And that is perfectly fine. And that's not at odds with seek, uh, dating for the purpose of finding a spouse. I think what ultimately comes down to is as your dating relationship progresses, at the point that you realize that you won't marry them, you need to break up. That's, that's what it means to date for the purpose of marriage. At whatever point I realize I'm not going to marry this person, it's time to break up with them. So anything you'd add to that?
2: No, yeah. I was going to say that same thing, that when you, when you decide I either don't want to or should not get married, yeah. then... Right, then it's time to call it. Yeah, if
1: I was a girl, I'd go on so many first dates. It's a free meal. It's a free opportunity to go meet somebody. <laughs> you know, a lot of times you judge somebody right off the bat, they actually might be pretty awesome. Who knows, you know? And you get yeah. some good
2: stories. Yeah,
1: you can.
0: Well, oh, my goodness, yeah. 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 I'd, I'd Which, like, there's some advice right there. Like, Guys, when you date. ask a girl out on a date, call it a date. Say, hey, I would like to take you on a date this week. And pay. And communicate that you have a plan. Because a date is planned for, paid for, and paired off. And you'll get some first dates. If you show them that you had a plan, like Natalie and I, it was great. I said, hey, Natalie, I'd like to take you on a date and go to Ellis Teca Mexican restaurant and then go ice skating. We had a great first date. (laughs) We had a great first date. So, all right. Are any of these questions standing out to you guys?
1: Let's talk about the cohabitating
0: one. All right. So one of the questions, let's see, where was that at? Uh, Is cohabitation before marriage good for a relationship, even if the other person has a relationship with Christ? Ernie, what are your thoughts on that? You brought that up earlier.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Like, look, I don't know how you can lay next to somebody (laughs) that you're in a relationship that you're like, oh, man, she's good looking, or oh, my goodness, and then be like, yeah, we're cool. No, like God has made us, all right, to, to have sexual experiences. We've built that way. And it's the, the desire is supposed to leave after the act is done. And so what you were doing is ramping that up over and over and over again and pretending like it's not there. And then and the, so you're like, no, it's not us. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. And, and two, you're like playing marriage. Like you're playing marriage. Like you're doing all the things that a married person does. You're cohabitating. You're living in the same house. You're cooking dinner. You're doing those things. And then when it doesn't work out, you break up. Guess what you're playing at that moment? You're practicing divorce. You've entered into something that's meant to be for something else in a different context. and You brought it out of that context that I want to do it this way. And then all of a sudden you're going to have all these like all these consequences from it because you're playing a game that you're not committed to. And then think about the insecurity it brings within you. All the other things. There's just a million reasons of why it's a bad idea. Like, Laura, what do you think? There's yeah, some... I would
2: also add some of the reason the world will say you should cohabitate is to figure out, you know, if you have living patterns that are compatible, things like that. Yeah. Man, I would hope that somebody is not assessing if they should marry me or not based off of they get annoyed by how I brush my teeth yes. or something. Like, That's a great point. If I, if I don't wash the dishes a certain way. So the things that you'd want to find out by cohabitating should not be the deal breakers <laughs> for if you get married or That's not. Um, so... Yeah. I think, um, I was going to say something else. I lost it, but that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And statistically, like just straight up science would say cohabitation leads to divorce, like way more statistically than going through traditional patterns of marriage. So I think what you were saying is great. Like, like you are doing something that doesn't have the backing of the commitment of the marriage day. And it's like, We might think that the marriage day doesn't matter, but you standing in front of the 200 closest people to you in your life and saying, I am going to marry this person and that's never changing, that brings such a level of trust and safety and security and peace. And it removes so much insecurity and wondering, and it creates this environment where healthy relationships can thrive. That is why God wants us to get married. So whether or not you like eloped and there was two witnesses there, it doesn't matter. But you had you had a moment where you made a covenant to someone and there were witnesses to that covenant. And God as a witness as well, that creates an environment for healthy relationships to happen. Um, this is a great one is sleeping with your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend with no sexual intentions or activity. Uh, before marriage God honoring so it's like a typical scenario that I've heard of is say one of one of your boyfriend lives out of town and he comes to visit for the weekend. The easiest thing is just to let him stay the night at your place and because he doesn't want to sleep out in the living room with your room where your roommates might r- walk in on him, he sleeps in your room um, that's a pretty common practice in in college and what I would say is it is extremely unwise and probably a sin like (laughs) extremely unwise and probably a sin um this it crosses the sin line because i think consistently putting yourself in unwise situations where there's temptation is sinful and living in a way that's not above reproach is sinful because that for sure as the door closes is not being above reproach so i think you can confidently say yeah that's a sin
1: yeah that's great i loved how you, you put those two things together right there that's awesome
0: yeah So here's what I would say, (laughs) spending a hundred bucks or asking someone to put your boyfriend up or your girlfriend up for the weekend is so worth the inconvenience of walking in integrity in your relationship. Make a plan for how you're going to walk in integrity. um, And then whatever inconvenience that brings, like if you're traveling and it's like just the two of you get two hotel rooms. Spend $200 because $200, $100 more than what you would have spent is so worth your integrity yeah. and so worth not you putting yourself into a position where it would be so easy to compromise. So, great. What do you got? You saw one that you liked? Yeah, yeah, the number two at the bottom under LOL. Oh, <laughs> brother. People are asking okay. if <laughs> members of our staff are single. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to date, well, you need to, you know, you also have to ask me because I'm their boss (laughs) and then, and then we'll talk. So don't hide behind the anonymous texting thread. (laughs) Okay. Are there any others that we're seeing? We got probably time for one, maybe two if we go fast.
1: Does, how about this one? Does a relationship that has not started off great or down a mm. godly path still have hope? Go for it. Yes, it does have hope. There may be a lot of boundaries you're going to have to put there, and and boundaries, guys, are not they're not legalistic. We're using that word wrong. Mm-hmm. The word legalist, like calling somebody legalist, means they achieve their salvation by 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 moral excellence. Okay. That I'm morally excellent. No. It, putting boundaries and rules and things about that in your relationship is called being wise. It's called being proactive. It's called being it's called realizing that you don't have as much self-control as you realized. And and that's a good thing that you would do that. It's actually that's actually faith. They're going, no, I actually trust. I know that I can't be trusted in this area. So I I'm gonna put this boundary here because I wanna live a godly life. Like that is actually. God-honoring and, 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 and it's a, a walk of faith to do that, to push against your, your, your internal emotions or desires or feelings and going, no, 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 I'm going to trust the Lord instead of those things. So, yes, I think it can be. You're just going to have to set a lot of boundaries. Um, I think you're going to have to have a lot of accountability. I think there probably is a, a, a place where both of you are going to have to find someone you can be really honest with, like the guy with the guy, the girl with the girl, and someone that you, you respect spiritually. Like you're like, hey, I want to have, I want to be like them. I want to follow Jesus like that person does. And, and, that, and that you would take their advice and be honest about it. I don't think it destroys the relationship
0: completely. I think it, it can be redeemed absolutely. You know, That's great. Hey, so one of the best analogies I've heard about dating marriage is uh, if two airplanes left from New York and they were only one degree off, one would end up, I believe it's in Seattle, and one would end up in L.A., um, so at the beginning of their journey, they would have looked almost identical in their trajectory. But that one degree off ended up one in Seattle and one in L.A. And here's the reality. Um, some of you have decided that that one degree off doesn't matter. And one of Natalie and I's closest friends, her mom... Uh, is married to a non-believer. And she knew that going into the relationship. And she decided, you know what? We're almost like the triangle, the pyramid of love is almost perfect. It's just this one thing. He doesn't love Christ. But everything else is great. It's, it was like that one degree in her mind. And on my buddy's wedding day, she walks up to him and uh, she says, hey, and with tears in her eyes, she says, I am so thankful that you are marrying her my daughter, because her life isn't going to be marked with the pain that my life has been marked with. Um, And you know, she's been a faithful wife to her husband who doesn't love Christ. And it's been so hard. Um, So in this stage, when you are single, when you haven't committed in a covenant of marriage to someone, don't don't settle or compromise that one degree. What looks like a small difference And values and life trajectory leads one person to Seattle and one person to L.A. Break up. And as painful as that is, I know it can be the right decision because uh, God severed his relationship with his son so that we could have a relationship that was perfect and does fully satisfy and where true pleasure and approval is found. And that gives us confidence. And in, in when we look at this good gift of marriage to say, you know what, as great as marriage would be, it's not worth Seattle and LA 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. So I can trust the God of the universe who loves me dearly. And I can break up with this person and walk in confidence that he is gonna sustain me on the path that he has me on. Now, if you find someone that is awesome, Marry her, marry him and enjoy the gift of marriage. It is a great thing and is a blessing from God. So hopefully tonight's been helpful for you. Um, It's been a ton of fun for us. We can't wait to see you soon. Have a great night.